So a new year. Well, almost for the Ethiopian people, but uh, here in Australia, a new year. And uh, I think a new year is a wonderful thing. It gives us a, f- it, it sort of, there's a freshness about it. There's something about it that makes us excited because we're starting afresh, anew. And that's a great thing. And um, even although really it's just the next day, nevertheless, the, the concept of it helps us to come to a point where we want to sort of look forward and uh, think about what's been and then plan for what's ahead. I was reading about um, a gym in um, the US, uh, sorry, in the UK. This is Nicky Gumbel, and he was, ta- he was writing about the fact that the gym he goes to every year, at this time of the year, on the 1st of January, they bring in this whole lot of extra equipment for the, um, for the beginning of January. And he was talking to the owner. He said, why do you do that? He said, because people make New Year resolutions about getting fit, so everyone turns up at the gym. But by the, the date of today, by the 7th of January, they put it all away because sort of people have um, already given up on their New Year resolutions. Did any of you make any New Year resolutions? I think the reason that we make these resolutions is because we want things to be better. We resolve that we want to get fit or lose weight or stop smoking or drinking or um, get out of debt. Research shows they're the top five resolutions that people make because they want life to be better. They want a healthier life, a better life. But I think the truth is that we can make all those resolutions, but what really will make us better is how we think. That shapes our present and will take us forward into 2018. How we think is what creates our destiny. So I want to say that the challenge for this year is not resolution, but transformation. You see, resolution is about what you can do. You resolve to do something. And it's sort of your willpower and your effort and your sort of discipline that will make you do it. But unfortunately, we are weak and quickly that resolve, that discipline, that sort of that effort wanes just like the gym owner, you know, puts away the equipment. And so therefore, resolution isn't enough because it's our effort. But you see, transformation is not about us. It's about what God does in us. It's about his work. And when God is at work, then things are different. It's his power, the God of the universe, the God who created who we are. When he is at work, then he will outwork something. He will change us. It will be better with him. We will be more of what he wants us to be. And so today, I'm looking at Romans 12, 2, which says, do not be conformed to this world. See, the, world, the way the world thinks is, you know, resolve, do this, you'll be better. Think this way, you know, like plan for this. So, but it says, don't conform to this world, but be transformed. Transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind by the renewing of your mind. So what really we need to do at the beginning of a new year, in fact, every day, is to allow God to renew our mind. That's how we're going to be transformed. That's how we will live a better life. And so this morning, I've got four analogies. I've been reading a book this week called Train the Brain by Margaret Court, who used to be the tennis player. 
And uh, she actually now is 75, and she runs a church for 2,000 in um, Perth. And she's still powering on and um, bringing the word of God to those people. And in this book, she she introduces some of these analogies, and I thought this morning I would share them because... One, the kids are in, so it'll give them something to look at and think about, and it will help us in a very simple way to understand what renewing the mind means. So the first analogy is um, about the air traffic control centre. Now, I don't know if any of you have ever used Flight Tracker. Have you? Well, if you're a bit obsessive-compulsive like me, when my family travels, I want to sort of know that they're where they are and where they're going, and so I sort of you know, put their, their flight in and track it. Anyone else has done that? Track the flight. Thank you, Rosemary. You do the same. David, good. A few people. And track the flight till it gets to its destination and then you know it's landed and you're not waiting on a text. You know everything's okay. So if you've gone to a flight tracker, you'll see that what you do is that you get your plane. You put in your, the, the flight number and where it's heading and where it's come from and you'll see your plane and where it's up to. I just, this is not just took a photo off the internet, but I'm just to give you an idea of what the flight tracker does. So that's what you see when you get on flight tracker. But as you zoom out on flight tracker, this is what you get. You see, the more you zoom out, the bigger view you get. And there's the world. And look at those planes. All those planes are in the air at the same time. They say anything up to 13,000 planes are in the air at the same time. When you look like that, they look like there's not much air space there. But um, the interesting thing is that they don't crash, generally, and uh, they take off and land safely. And that's because of the Air Traffic Control Centre. These controllers make sure that every plane has a time for taking off, a time for landing and monitoring what's happening in the sky so that none of those planes crash, even although they look like they're all on top of each other. And, you know, I think our minds are like the air traffic control centre. And we actually are the controllers of that. We control what comes in and what goes out of our minds. The question is, what do you allow to land at your airport? What do you allow to come in to your mind to think on and then even to speak out? Because whatever we do will impact our well-being. It will impact our life and it will shape our heart. The Bible tells us that we should guard our hearts. This is in Proverbs 4.23. Guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. You see, what you think on What you allow to come into your mind goes down deep into your heart and it shapes your heart and it determines the course of your life. And so if we want to have a great year, if we want to go forward to what God has for us, then we have to think what is coming to our mind? What are we allowed to settle into our hearts? What is determining the course of our life? What words that are spoken? And so we have to control that. We actually have a responsibility to control what lands at and leaves our airport, what comes into and what goes out of our mind. The second analogy of a computer helps us to picture this. Computers run on the basis of uh, programming. Now, I'm not a great computer operator, obviously, the way I sort of upgraded and didn't check things out first. But programming is special coded instruction 
that tell computers what to do and how to do it. And I think in a sense, our, our minds are like computers. The programming our minds receive cause us to think and feel and react in a certain way. Now, we can often manage our conscious thought. That's really what resolution is about, where we can try and control our conscious level of thinking and maybe discipline it and maybe bring it you know, into a certain way of thinking. But what we can't control is our subconscious mind. Because actually what happens is that when we take in a thought, it's in our conscious mind, but if we think on that, it goes through to our subconscious and it controls how we think and feel and react. And so all the information that we've received in our life from the past, if we're depending on what we do with it as, as the controllers of our mind, if we allow it to go through and sink into our subconscious, it's there and it's, it's, it's programming how it is programmed, how we think and feel and react. And so what we do is we, we react in pre-programmed ways because this is what's happened over time as this thinking has gone into our subconscious. Now, there are many programs that shape our mind like that. So things like the words of others. So as a child, parents speak over their children, speak into their children's lives, those words will become part of the programming of that child's life. Teachers speak into, into children's lives and those words become part of the programming of a child's life. So you can see what a big responsibility we have with the words that we say because those words actually program our minds and our hearts in, in turn. The words we speak about ourselves, programmers, I'm hopeless, I can't do this, I'll never be able to get a job. These words that we speak out, as we do that and we allow those words to sink deep into our subconscious, they program how we react and how we respond. So then we, we do think we're that way and so that we act and react that way. In Proverbs 6, verse 2, it says, You are snared by the words of your mouth. So what we speak actually can take a hold of us. It, it can snare us. So what are we speaking about ourselves? Other things that can program us are the hurts of life. Now, we've all had these experiences, things that have hurt us, things that sink deep down into our subconscious and are stored there, those hurts, that if they're allowed to stay there, they will impact how we react and think and feel. Old habits will do this. They have a hold on us, even although we may not know that, that they do. Once these things like fear, worry, stress, addiction, anger, these things that we just accept as a part of who we are and practice it that way, they then impact our reactions, our feelings, our thinking. Our senses, what we listen to, what we watch, what we access on the internet, what we talk about and who we talk with, all these things are part of what programs our minds and in turn our hearts. And having been programmed in that way, we are then controlled by these things. Even if we've accepted Christ. And what has to happen is that we need to deprogram. We need to overwrite those files that are there. And then we need to reprogram with the truth of the word of God. 
Now, when these things, unfortunately, if these things have been set into our hearts, it's very hard. They're sort of set like stone. And so we ourselves cannot overwrite these things. But the power of the word of God can. Listen to what it says in Jeremiah 23, 29. Is not my word like a hammer that breaks rock in pieces? And so those things that have been put into our hearts that are not what God wants us to think or feel, those lies that the enemy has, has tempted us with and then we've taken on board, whether it be through other people or ourselves, and have allowed those to settle deep into our hearts, then the Word of God can smash that. The Word of God will bring truth and the Word will stop holding you back from becoming who God wants you to be and allowing the fullness of life that God has for you. His word, his word reprograms our mind. And what it does, it replaces the world's programming with God's own thoughts. That's what we want, isn't it, in 2018? We want the programming of the world that tells us things about ourselves and and makes us feel things about ourselves. We want that replaced with God's thoughts about us, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, that we are his children, that he loves us, that he, is, he goes after us. His desire is that he, we would fulfill the plan that he has for his life, that he thought of long ago. These are the truths of the word of God. They're the things that have to sink deep down into our heart to smash the lies that have been cemented there by the enemy and to allow his word to bring truth alive in us. That's what's going to change 2018 for us. Now, it's a choice. It's a choice. By speaking it and meditating on it, you can, you can choose to allow the programming you've had to continue or you can choose to let God's word change the way that you think. That's what it, the renewing of the mind is. Allowing God's word to change the way you think. But you can't do it on your own. It's only him, his word in us that will do that. And it's the negative programming in our mind that leads to many problems in our lives, particularly in relationships. So Deuteronomy 30, 19 says, This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I've set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. So here it is at the beginning of 2018, a choice, life or death, blessing or curses. If you choose life, then you are choosing to deprogram and reprogram your life with the word of God so that your mind is renewed and you experience transformation. Now, the third analogy I want to talk about is cement. Now, cement is an amazing material. The ancient Romans made cement so durable that the structures they've built, such as the Colosseum and the Pantheon, still stand today. The word cement describes a powerful, immovable bond, and its definition is to settle or establish firmly. To settle or establish firmly. So when the foundations of a building are made of cement, you know that they are strong. You know that they will stand. 
that they, that building has been established firmly. And similarly, the word of God acts like cement in our lives. When the word of God is poured into our lives, then our minds are settled and firmly established. Now, in contrast, Jesus told a parable about building your house on the sand. And he said, when the, when the things of, when, you know, the winds and that come against you, when the things of life come against you, and he's talking about this house, it comes crashing down. And that's what happens when we allow the thing, you know, when we're not building our life on the word of God, which is like a strong foundation, like cement that, is set, that settles us and establishes us firmly, then what will happen is that we will end up being unsettled and, and our life will come crashing down. So, to ensure that the word of God is poured into our heart and that we're established firmly, that we're set, our foundation is set on something that will not move, we have to make sure that we get the word of God into our hearts. Now, I know you're going to say, well, you know, I do read the Bible. It's more than, or maybe you don't. Well, first of all, you do need to read the Bible, okay? (laughs) You need to read it, but you need to do more than read it. Reading it will not be enough. Writing it down will help. So as you read something, something will stand out to you. God will speak to you. God will speak to you as you're reading his word. So when he speaks to you on a certain verse, write it down. Just write down that verse. Have it there. That will help to cement the word of God into your heart. Now writing more than that, you can memorize it. So get a verse for the day and take it into that day. Memorize it. Have it so cemented, established firmly in your heart that you know it and you speak it out. And let me tell you, if you do that, what will happen is God's going to bring you situations throughout the day where he will want you to use that word for someone else. That's the incredible thing about when he speaks to you. He doesn't just do it for you. He then takes that to someone else. You might want to sing it we have worship, and, and often worship is on the Word of God. And so we sing the Word. That helps to cement the Word of God into our hearts. Put it up on the wall. Write it on a mirror. Put a poster up. Do anything to make sure the Word of God is ever before you. Reading it quickly in the morning for five minutes, it's good to do that, but that's not enough. That will not cement the Word of God. You need to take it. You need to, the Bible talks about meditating on it, which means going over and over, allowing it to settle into your spirit. And that will bring your thoughts in line with the will of God. And that is what's going to transform you this year. Proverbs 4.22 says, God's words are life, are life. Remember it talked about choosing life or death? Well, God's words are life to those who find them. And listen to this. And health to one's body. God's words are life to those who find them and health to one's body. So if you want to be healthy, speak the word of God into your life. Speak the word of God out over your life, over your friends' lives. lives. You know, often our words speak out the problem. But the word of God speaks the answer. This is what Abraham did. He had a promise from God that he would have a son and become the father of many nations. Now, he was married to Sarah, and Sarah was 90, and she still had not had a child. Now, you would think by that stage, it's probably not going to happen, all right? So God had given this promise that they would have a child. Sarah's 90, no child yet. 
but he trusted God. He didn't speak out the, the problem. He declared God, faith in God. The child came, Isaac. As Isaac grew up, God then directs Abraham to take him and sacrifice him on the mountain. Here's the child that God has promised him, the child through whom he's going to make the promise of father of many nations come true. And then he says, I want you to sacrifice him. Now, it would be easy to go to your friends and say, I do not get this. God says to me, he's going to make me father of many nations. It was hard enough being patient and waiting for Sarah to have a baby. And now God's saying, kill him. Like, honestly, wouldn't you think that that's what you would want to talk about? To your friends, but not Abraham. He didn't speak out words that would express his doubt and despair. Instead, he fixed his faith on God's word to him. Listen to what it says in Romans 4, 20 to 21. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. And so that's what he spoke out. He spoke out the promise of God. And so when we're in situations that are difficult, and we will be in 2018, let's speak out the promises of God over those things. What does God say about those situations? What has God already spoken into our hearts? What is he saying? Let's declare that over the situations, declare that God is good. He will never let us down. That's the truth. And so let's declare him over the situations. It's natural for us as humans to want to talk about the problem. But what that does to us is it makes us more unsettled and more unstable. But if we start speaking out the word of God, even although it's difficult and we don't feel like it, and I, I, you know, I'm not saying that I do this, I often speak the problem out instead of the, the God's answer. So I'm, this is a word to myself. Even in the midst of our turmoil, if we're speaking out the truth, if we're speaking out the answer from God, which is in his word, then it will keep us steady. It will keep our minds settled and our hearts firmly established. And that's what we want, isn't it? And that's how transformation comes in our lives. The final analogy is about farmers sowing seed. Now, when a farmer plants a seed, he cannot see it growing at first because we know it's beneath the ground. So the seed's put in, we see nothing. But he keeps watering it in faith, believing that it will grow. And eventually, in time, the plant breaks through the surface and the the farmer sees it growing out in the open where he can now look after it and where he can see it growing. Now, when we plant the word of God as a seed into our hearts... We can't always see what's happening, but we have to keep watering it. We have to keep speaking it out, keep going back to the word, keep sharing it, encouraging one another in it, keep watering the word of God, and eventually we will see the fruit of that come to the surface. We will see the evidence of the growth of the seed. And just as it takes time for a seed to produce fruit, so it takes time for the seed of the word to take root and produce fruit in our life. But it will produce fruit. Because God says there's a season for everything. There's a season for sowing and there's a season for harvest. So there will be fruit. Sometimes it takes time. The other thing that diligent farmers need to do is that they need to be on the lookout for weeds. Because the weeds will take over the crop if they're not careful and will choke out 
the seed and will destroy the harvest. And so what they'll do if they're diligent is the moment that a weed appears, he'll be, the farmer will be getting rid of it, removing it, so it's, the crop has every chance to grow. Now, it's the same for us. In our lives, the weeds that grow in our lives will also choke out the seed of the word of God if we're not careful. We have to uproot them the moment that they come in. The enemy brings lies to our minds, thoughts that are not truth, and immediately we have to deal with it and speak against that, declaring what the word of God says about it. And so if you feel like you can't do it and you think, I just can't, that thought will come. And then what we do is a weed. It's a weed that will choke out the life in within us. And so what we do is we immediately say, no, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. And if we can't believe it immediately, say it again. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. If we can't believe it, put it up on the wall and have it there in front of you so that you will not forget the truth. And that weed will be uprooted and the seed will keep growing strongly. The sorts of things that that come into our lives as weeds are things like anxiety, fear, bitterness, rejection, offence. These are all examples of the types of weeds that ruin our lives. They're from the enemy because he wants to choke out our life so that we will never rise above situations. And like the farmer, we need to do something about it. It means taking every thought and making it obedient to Christ. We do that by taking every lie that he speaks and raising up our shields of faith and taking the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and cutting it out. And it's the power of the Word that will help us to overcome the world and the flesh. For instance, if your your life is being choked by fear then speak out truth day and night until that weed is uprooted. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Conforming to the world, remember the verse Romans 12.2 says, Do not conform to the world. Conforming to the world is to agree with the world. That means that fear, you're agreeing with the fear that is assaulting you. And you're allowing it to keep assaulting you. To be transformed comes by the renewing of your mind with the word of God, which will bring life and health to you. The choice is ours. We can choose to leave the weeds of fear in our life and eventually they will choke us. And they will choke the life out of us. But Jesus said, I have come to give you life. And that you will have it abundantly. So are you living that life? That's the life that he has for you for 2018. That sort of life is not just for heaven. It's for now. And as we allow God to transform us, as we allow the word of God to renew us, to bring truth to replace lies, so that we do not allow things to land in our hearts that are going to bring us down, that we make sure that we are not allowing those things to program us in a way that will, that when we face situations, that, that we're going to act in a way that is not the way that was going to bring us victory and hope. But we allow the Word of God to reprogram us with truth, 
We let it settle and establish us firmly. And we make sure there's nothing in our life that comes that we don't uproot by the power of the word of God, the sword of the spirit. And then we will live victoriously. We will have a better life than we can imagine in 2018. And we don't have to grit our teeth and try and have resolve. We have the power of God at work in us. Do you want that? I will build my life. I will build my life upon a firm foundation. If you want that, then as we worship now, let's declare that truth. I will build my life on a firm foundation. I'm not going to allow the lies of the enemy this year to to dictate my life and where it's going. I'm going to allow the truth of the Word of God to come alive in me, to speak out life so that I rise up and go forward to take a hold of all that God has for me. Let's stand together and declare truth over our lives this morning. I believe that this is what God wants for every one of us today. And as we take a hold of this, we can then be confident that He will never let us down, that He is good.